Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Dude Thoughts. You got Carmen and Gabe, and today we have a special guest to offer a little bit of perspective. Today we're joined by the lovely Kira, good friend of the show and of Gabe, me, Carmen, you, me, <laughs> and your wife, and all of yes. us. Um, and she's joining us to talk a little bit about the, the Black Lives Matter movement and just some stuff that's going on. Kira is, she, you know, she lives in Bermuda now. Yes, right? in Bermuda, yeah. Um, we talked, we're filming this after we talked to her. We talked to her for, it felt close to an hour, it felt like. And right around there, she, she yeah. She kind of gave us some, into, some insight into how she's been feeling and stuff. For those who don't know, Kira is mixed race, right? Yes, she is, yeah. So, yeah, we just reached out to her and she wanted to come on the show and just kind of gave her thoughts on what's happening. Um, I cut out parts of the episode, in parts of the show. So if you hear me come in and out, it's because my Wi-Fi stinks. Uh, the dogs made an appearance. Yes, the dogs <laughs> barking made an appearance. <laughs> and because we both recorded in separate rooms, they, we, we, we couldn't stop them. They were just, they were like dogs without horses. Dogs but, without horses? I've never heard that term before. It's a John Mulaney joke. I, well, I don't know it, <laughs> but, uh, we're going to go ahead and do an ad real quick and then we'll kind of, uh, touch base one more time before we get that clip from Kira. And we are back. Again. Again. Uh, so like Gabe was mentioning there, we have a phone call with Kira, uh, our friend who has been in Jess and Mai's life for uh, a long time, probably 10 years-ish at this point. And um, she offers a number of unique perspectives, and we're really excited for her to have this platform to talk. Um, forgive uh, the Wi-Fi connection a little bit there, and forgive the dogs barking. Um, it's else? also just not our regular quality because we had to do it via via phone call. Yeah, recording, phone so. call. But we appreciate you guys understanding and hope that you do guys you guys do um, enjoy hearing some perspective from our good friend. She's she's a saint, and we were super excited that she was able to talk to us. Yes. So uh, without any further ado, we're gonna go ahead and play that for you guys, and we'll have some closing thoughts as well afterwards. All right, everyone, we have, obviously, Carmen and Gabe here, but uh, we've got our dear friend Kira on the line with us. Kira, why don't you say hello? Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, we're super glad to have you. Um, obviously, this has been kind of a crazy last couple <laughs> of week slash two weeks or even, I guess, yeah, year just, just so far. Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... We wanted to kind of follow up from our last podcast um, and get you on here to this. This kind of is, is for you to lead us a little bit okay. in, in this. Mm -hmm. So um, if you could just kind of take this opportunity to tell us not just about yourself, but about what's going on in your head, what you've been feeling and um, kind of this, this is this is free form. Yeah. So whatever you want to talk about, okay. let's take it away. And, and Gabe and I are here to support you during this okay. conversation. Great. Awesome. Um, I guess for the listeners, my name, like uh, Carmen said, is Kira Smith. I grew up in Iowa. I was born in Los Angeles. So um, and I was born to a white mother and black father. So I am of mixed race biracial. Um, I'm very proud of that. And I have two older brothers um, who are also biracial, same mom and dad there. Um, so we all grew up in Iowa um, with our mother um, in a small town in Iowa. So um, we're pretty much one um, of the only black kids in our hometown. So that kind of adds an element that maybe we can go into if you'd like or if anyone's curious about it. But um, yeah, so that's kind of just my background. Um, I know Carmen through his lovely wife, Jessica, who was my, my roommate in college. Um, so I, I, I grew up in a pretty much predominantly white community and then went to college at Augustana College in uh, Illinois, which is also, it's a private school, also predominantly white. Um, and then I started working full-time in Chicago. So um, I've been a, a few different places. Um, and now I currently reside in Bermuda, and so I've been here for the past three years. So that's been an interesting transition in that Bermuda is actually a, a black majority country. So living here was the first time that in my life, really, that I've been around more people that look like me. Um, so 
but you know, over the last couple of weeks with what's been going on in the U S and the black lives matter movement, I think what they're calling now the modern civil rights movement, it's been, Oh gosh, <laughs> you asked what's been going through my head. You know, um, I just, it's just been a constant kind of in, internal dialogue and, you know, external dialogues where, where they come up, but just I, it's something that is, it's been really, really hard to focus this week. Um, I think my, and I'm sure like a lot of, like uh, many other black people just, it's, it's kind of opens wounds that you might necessarily not have to think about every single day. Um, but that you are aware of obviously. Um, and it just, yeah, it just, I, I guess my emotional response to this has been a bit, it's caught me off guard even like, you know, um, you know, police brutality is, it, racism in America is nothing new, you know, it's been around for over 400 mm-hmm. years. Um, so, and I've been actually, one of the things I've been playing around with in my head is okay. Like this time feels different, you know? Um, and I haven't quite put my finger on what it is that's different about it. Um, like it just, you know, every time you see a, a black person, a, it really anybody, but particularly a black person, a black male getting, you know, ab- uh, abused by the police, killed by the police, it always kind of inflames a type, you know, a, a strong emotional response um, whenever I see that. Uh, and this time it's been, you know, this whole week I've been a complete mess. And I think part of that is with, um, just the con like so many people getting behind it this time and like, you know, just being engrossed in, um, you know, uh, the content that's out there now, um, which I think is great. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been really overwhelming, um, a very emotional week for me. Um, and I'm sure others and, you know, I'll, I'll actually just preface this whole conversation by saying I am by no means the authority on, you know, the, black human experience but you know i i i am a black person from america so i i have my own experiences as as do and pretty much anyone else so um but yeah definitely not the authority there's so much information out there right now and so one thing that i've really taken away from this is that this whole idea of anti-racism which i i love you know everyone says i'm not racist but like it really is kind of making you step back and say, okay, but am I anti-racist? What am I doing actively in my day to day to, you know, stop racism in its tracks? So, so that's a concept that I think has emerged. That's really good as well as just the awareness of the, the learning resources that are out there for people to educate themselves on what it means to be anti-racist and also educate themselves on the, the systemic racism that we don't learn about in schools. So I don't know, those are kind of like initial thoughts of <laughs> what I've been going through, but yeah, but yeah. really a wide, a wide <laughs> yeah. range of thoughts there. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, Hey Gabe. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. It definitely. Gabe, uh, you're, you're kind of sound a little bit like a robot <laughs> there. Nope. No, are you, are you guys yet. in the same did house, you, did... Carmen? <laughs> We're in the same yeah. house right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Am I back? Oh. Um, you, you're back. Yes. Okay. I cool. think so. Yeah. Um. So what? But yeah, I was literally just talking to somebody. Yeah. About how this does feel different mm-hmm. for some reason, and this is I saw. I think Will Smith shared a post that racism hasn't right. changed. It's just recorded. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um. So now it's just you can put anything on the internet and you can see it. And literally the only thing I can think of a why this time is different is because we just have all this time to get involved yeah. now because nobody's working. Yeah, here. that's true. I think that um, definitely has pay, played a, a, a part in it. You know, everyone's at home. Everyone's probably glued to their phones for most of the day and seeing this. And yeah, yeah there's definitely much more like social media accountability. Um, so, yeah, it does yeah. feel like you're right, though. The biggest thing that does feel different about this, though, is that people are taking not just being racist as they're out mm-hmm. to not get yeah. involved. It looks like they are, everybody's actively doing their part to try to just help just racism yeah, disappear. Yeah. And I mean, even myself, like, like obviously I'm black, so I'm not racist, but, and I'm, but it makes me think about 
okay, what can I do act more actively day to day to help, you know, these and the, the activists who are out there doing this day to day, trying to make change in legislation. And, you know, so, so one thing I'm trying to be better about is um, being informed of like, um, because I, I'm still a youth citizen and um, can like vote um, through absentee. And so I've, you know, like just being more aware of my local politicians, what are their stances um, and how can I make sure I know when elections are happening and, and vote for those people, you know, donations. And actually like one thing like supporting, um, supporting black businesses and black influencers and, you know, authors and um, being more mindful of that. Because like I said, I, I grew up in an all white community. So even like, I think sometimes like I might naturally gravitate to like a white influencer because that's what I grew up like seeing and um, being around. And my mom did such a good job, like, um, cause it was just, uh, she was a single mother of, of three black kids in an all white community. So you can only imagine, but you know, she, <laughs> Um, I remember growing up, she would watch, like, we would watch all my fairy tales were this HBO series. I can't remember what it was called, but it purposely, like, replaced um, these characters in, like, um, normal fairy tales with Black characters or, like, African characters. And so, yeah, so I remember watching that. I watched, like, we watched, like, (laughs) a lot of, like, I guess you would consider, like, Black culture films, um, (laughs) Friday being one of them, if you can (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Friday movies. My mom loves Snoop Dogg. You know, like I learned to dance. I can remember, like, sat every Saturday morning growing up. My mom would turn on Soul Train as she played, um, or as she cleaned the house. And so I would just like I watched Soul Train every single day growing up. And like, you know, but still, like outside of that, outside of the household, like you don't get like, in when you live in a a white community, you don't get that representation in the media. You don't get it in you know, like certainly not at your school. Um, and so I remember like, there's a few like things that like, I remember, like I just purposely don't watch because there is no representation, like friends. I've literally never watched an episode of friends. And like, <laughs> I'm actually proud of that. Cause it's all white people, you know, like, or like the bachelor, I watched one episode and I was like, okay, first of all, these women are just throwing themselves at this guy. But second of all, there's literally no black girls on like, on this so I don't know there's like and you kind of become aware of that when you are the only black person like just being very acutely aware that okay well no one else looks like me here so do you feel like that when so actually I've, I don't know this about you when when did you move from Iowa to uh, Chicago were you living in Chicago when you got accepted no to no so yeah. um, that's a good question so I my brothers and I um, were all like a year apart. So my oldest was born in 90, middle 91, mid 92. And we were all born within like a three month time. Like uh, I was born in like late June, as was my oldest brother. And then my middle brother was born in early July. So we're all like literally a year apart. Um, and so my mother was living in LA um, when she had all three of us. And I think we moved to Iowa when I was two and a half or three years old. So um, Southwest Iowa, uh, Creston, Iowa is the name of my hometown. So it has like a population of like 8,000 people. And um, my mom actually is from an even smaller town in Iowa, like close by. So she wanted, um, so my mom was a single mother and she was, she's also legally blind. So she's disabled. So she wanted to be able um, to be closer to home, uh, like her family, her family. Um, Cause before she was pretty much in LA on her own with three kids under three. So, um, and on it, like I was talking to my brother earlier this week, actually, and he and I both kind of were like, okay, like, can you imagine what our lives would have been like if we were like, my mom didn't make that decision and didn't move us to Iowa. Like, yeah, we grew up in a white neighborhood without representation with, we had to go through a lot of racism there um, because no, like, no offense to any of my Iowans. Cause I love Iowa. Like it was a, I, I loved my childhood, but there was like, you know, a lot of ignorant people there um, and there's very, very little diversity. So it makes you a bit of a target when you are that one diverse person. But um, with that aside, like, yeah. you know, just thinking about, okay, well, if I was in LA, you know, with a single mother, <laughs> like 
probably my life would have been so much different. So I didn't actually go to Chicago until my brother, my oldest brother, um, he went to art school there. So he went to the art Institute downtown. And so that's when I started really um, spending a lot of time in Chicago. So uh, when I went to college in Illinois, all of my breaks, I would go to Chicago and spend it with my brother. Cause I, I preferred being in Chicago than going back to my small hometown. So um, so yeah, I, I think I, and then once I graduated, I officially moved to Chicago um, myself. Yep. Right. So walk, walk us through the differences that you can remember between the juxtaposition of Iowa <laughs> to Chicago and then like Chicago yeah. to Bermuda and some, some of the cultural differences that you have found. And even now looking back on it, the wide difference between yeah. Bermuda and yeah, Iowa. Definitely. I mean, I think, like, I guess, like I said, growing up in Iowa, like, there was, I like to describe it to people as there was usually at least one black girl and one black guy per class, at least in the years I was in high school there, going through school. And um, for the, like, for three, like, my brothers and I made up three of the, like, you know, three levels of that. And there was um, a couple other mixed girls in my um, school as well that were a year above me or two years above me. Um, And so, yeah, there's, you know, I don't know, like it's so going from that, I guess, to then Chicago, obviously very different. Um, Chicago is very diverse. You'll see people all races there. Um, And I think like, I think when I lived in Chicago, um, I guess another element of it is that I, I work in, I worked in public accounting. So I was working for like in financial services, uh, a large, like a Deloitte, uh, you know, um, one of the larger public accounting firms in the world. Um, But even there, there's not a big um, like black population in that office. Um, and so I, I don't know, working in then in an industry that also does, has very little representation, I don't know, you just kind of like, I guess, get used to it um, from my perspective, you know, um, and it's not that I, I don't know, you just, you, you hope to like, get to that level, but it is hard to kind of picture yourself, um, you know, as a partner at Deloitte when you don't see any other black female partners at Deloitte. Um so I don't know. That's one thing I think uh, a lot of people can are are more mindful of now, of yeah. not only like having women, more women executives, but also like more diverse executives. You know, we see a, a few companies who are now requiring mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. to have board members who are, um, you know, diverse. And I can't remember what company it was that they actually. Oh, I can't remember. Um, but anyway, so I I do think uh companies are slowly like seeing the value in having a diverse workforce um and trying to make changes so that's mm-hmm. promising um but anyway like and being in chicago obviously is being much more exposed to people who you know of different different like cultures different backgrounds um and so like um you know and i would go and play on every sunday I'd go on the south side of chicago um I lived on in Lincoln Park, so like more north. Um, but I would go to the south side of Chicago and, and play um, flag football. And so that was, diff- you know, like I wasn't afraid to like be in a different environment than I was used to. Um, and in fact, I, I was it, I really enjoyed it. And so I don't know, I, I think I always try to to get outside my like what might be a comfort zone and, um, you know, meet new people. And, and especially when you're doing something you enjoy. So like you can always find common ground with people, I think, or. Um, that's a good way to help bridge like um, any like differences you might have with others. But, um, but yeah, so I think going from like Iowa, that's obviously not diverse Chicago, which is one of the greatest cities in the world and very diverse. And then Bermuda, um, again, a very diverse place. It's just been kind of a, a, it's been a nice change. And um, yeah, I, I remember like my, first day literally like the day I arrived on the island I was going through customs in the airport and um (laughs) the customs officer looked at my passport and uh you know my name Kira Smith 
um, Smith, by the way, is a, a really popular last name in Bermuda. Um, and he looked at me like what I looked like. And he goes, you're going to fit in. He's like, you're going to fit right in. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. And I, at the time I didn't know what he <laughs> meant. And then obviously like going into a store, like a pharmacy, for example, and like recognizing that, oh, like the people on the boxes of like the shampoo or like hair dye, those are black people. They look like me. Like that's different. You know, like that was like a big eye opener and game changer for me. So, um, but you know, Bermuda in itself has its own, you know, um, issues with race. I think everywhere, like racism isn't just an American problem. It's a global problem. Um, but like, I think right now right. what's being am- amplified, um, I think like rightfully so is the, what's the tensions between, you know, um, black people and the police and, um, systemic racism in the U S. So, um, I have a question and feel free not to mm-hmm. answer, but we mm-hmm. recently, so I went, I'm, I have a very similar childhood in some regards. Like I'm a non-black person of color, yeah. but I went to a private school that was, I was very much a minority. There was, I think, maybe three Hispanics in the whole school <laughs> and maybe about maybe about five to 10 African-Americans and everybody else was, you know, as Caucasian as you can get. <laughs> and yeah. so I recently, yeah. so basically I got to a point where I'm friends with a lot of these people still on Facebook and I still consider a lot of those people friends. But um, I don't think they yeah. understand that racism exists to people that are not just on TV, like to their, mm-hmm. their friends growing up. And so I shared something personal with mm. Carmen and Jessica the other day about my very first experience with racism. Um, and I had some yeah. racial slurs written in my yearbook. And so I've been going back and forth on whether or not like that's something I want to like, yeah. post or like bring attention to just so people can see yeah. that, it, that it is happening to people yeah. close to them or around them that people, it's not just on TV. It's not the media making this up. This is somebody they knew like that. Yeah, that yeah, no. Um, do you remember yeah, and, you know, how I, I guess, old you were? Like, like kind of what going your back to like, uh, not necessarily to you, just like, racism it, in general. For some people, it helps kind of bring it closer to home or personalize it. And I actually, I have quite, I have a bit mixed feelings about it because I think, like, um, the other, like the other day, earlier this week, I sat down in my journal and I actually did, I did that exercise and I tried to think, okay when was the first time I like experienced racism? And so I wrote that down in my journal and I was like, okay, when was the next time? And then I like kept going and going and I had like five full pages of times that I personally have been, you know, subject to racism or or felt like, you know, um, someone made a racist comment or action towards me. And, and then, and my hand hurt and that's why I stopped. Um, so like, and then like the next day, I could still think of new things that I could add to my list. Um, and I, I debated, I'm like, okay, like, yeah. is this, are any of these like something I should share with people? And um, honestly, it was really hard for me to go through that. And I saw a post the other day that was like, you know, like, understand that like racism, like being like, you know, target of racism is a traumatic experience for people, especially young people who have been you know you're going through transformative years already just going through puberty or whatever like growing up and then and you're trying to find yourself and your identity and then when people start you know people say mean things that make you not feel good about who you are and what you look like and um you know and it, it can be very traumatizing so like i i i think i personally didn't really feel like i was comfortable sharing those just because I was like, Ugh. it was, you know, like it, it took a lot out of me emotionally to go through that. Um, but I did share actually my earliest memory yeah, on Instagram um, earlier this week. Um, and, and that was because I, I, so I read a post that was talking about, okay, when should you start talking to your children about racism? And it gave a really good kind of like good quick facts about, okay, what, what, what does racism look like at each age? Like when do they start, when do children actually start recognizing different colors of skin? Um, you know, when do they start like picking friends based on their skin color, that type of thing. And uh, my earliest memory was in first grade. So I was, I was six, six years old. And I remember like, and I can like vividly recall like the classroom where I was sitting, who was where in the circle that I was sitting in. Um, and the girl that said this to me, but, um, 
so there was like a group of girls um that I always tried to hang out with you know like be friends and and they were all like getting invited to one of the girls houses um and I didn't get invited and so I and I asked her I was like oh like can I come why can't I come and she said you can't come because your skin is dirty and at the time I yeah, at the time, I don't think I wow. registered as a six-year-old that she meant, oh, because you're, you know, I think that was her interpretation of wow. um, me having darker skin than them. And it, I remember, like, going home and, like, asking my mom, like, yeah. like mom, can I shower, bef- like, every morning before school? Because I wanted to make sure, like, prove to her, like, I'm not dirty. Like, I took a shower this morning. You know what I mean? Um, and so, like, I don't think it really registered to me, but I do remember feeling embarrassed and I remember feeling like just like I didn't want to be there um and actually that day I I um like my first grade class like you had times that you went to lunch and I remember it was our time to go to lunch and I like for some reason like I don't know like (laughs) I sat beneath the coats in the classroom like I hid behind the coats and just sat on the floor because I didn't want to sit at lunch with the girls that like made me feel that way and I remember the teacher was like after lunch everyone's in the like I thought I was out of the woods and she comes over and she parts the coats and sees me sitting there and she's like what are you doing and I didn't know what to say and I was like I I I hurt my ankle like I broke my ankle and she's like no you didn't (laughs) she's like get up and I got in trouble she's like get up go you have to eat lunch with the second graders now and I was like oh I'm mortified like my brother is in the second grade class and he's like he's like what are you doing here you know like um but you know that was like me so like I don't know not wanting to be feel like that you know and be around those people who made me feel like that so that's honestly my earliest memory of racism and I don't think at the time I like recognized it as racism. I just, you know, knew I didn't feel good about it and that I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin, but. We, we appreciate you sharing. Like I very much understand that how personal that is. It is. is. Yeah. And I like, I've like, I do do think when people hear it, even though I do think it would be. So this is what I said to a friend who did share um, a racist experience of his on Facebook and he was encouraging, you know, people to like, get other stories from um their like black friends too or or black friends to share those and I was and I kind of I did make a comment it's like you know I'm just gonna add that like it's great that you are sharing and that people are finding that helpful but it, it can be traumatizing to revisit those memories and you know as a white person or someone uh, not a person of color just assume that your friend of color has gone through it you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't take them revisiting or reopening old wounds for you to acknowledge that it has happened to them and that it happens to yeah. people every single day. Um, so that's kind of, that was one point, but then yeah. I, I like, I do think, um, I don't know. Cause like, uh, you know, a lot of people like, but then like after I posted that snippet on my Instagram, it was like, like people who have children, please talk to your kids. Like, as, like as soon as, you, they can talk, start having these conversations with them of like, you know, and obviously you need to tailor it to their age and make it appropriate. And again, there's so many resources out there of how to talk to kids about race and um, for parents, because it all starts in the home, you know, like, no, that's where kids pick it up from. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I actually want to talk about that specific topic that you brought up with with kids and handling those conversations um because as myself not being a person of color um there's this fine line that i see on facebook happening where there's there's this new Mm -hmm. uh wave of support and these people who want to be allies and the hard the hard thing watching is there are people from mm-hmm. uh, places like Iowa who who don't have a ton of experience with seeing uh, black, brown, yeah. Asian, all 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 these different kind of people, and they mm-hmm. they're saying things yeah. and kind of putting their feet in their mouth, so to say. Uh, so, my two part question is one: How would you encourage mm-hmm. people to be more effective allies? And two, as someone who I hope to be a father someday, how would you 
what are some of the things that you would recommend to people teaching their kids now moving forward and understanding, like to your point, just assume that someone of mm-hmm. color yeah. has experienced racism, do not diminish it. Let's move forward and, and yeah. try to heal those wounds and make the world a better place moving forward. What do those conversations in your mind look like for yeah. our generation coming up now, our kids? And how can people who are adults yeah, now be those better? Are all allies? really good questions. And I think they're important questions for people to be asking themselves too. Like, how am I, um, you know, how can I be a good ally to not just my friends, but to like everyone out there? And, um, and when you say like put their foot in their mouth, right. I mean, like their intentions are good, but maybe the, um it's coming across not the right way or is it like so for for example i feel like there are a lot of people who um will will try to mm-hmm. like the difference yeah. between black lives matter and all lives matter right um when i see someone posting something like all lives matter and then they follow yeah. it up with something about how Black Lives Matter. I think what they're trying to say is that they want the world to be a better place for everyone, yeah. but they're missing the point of the hurt that is causing, yeah. that, that originated the Black Lives Matter movement. So I would say specifically people like that mm-hmm. who they want to make change, but they, but they can't grasp the importance of this particular mm-hmm. voice that needs to be heard so yeah. can physically be saying all lives matter. Cause we can't, we can't get to one without, uh, with, without dealing with the immediate need yeah, no, of the black definitely. lives and, matter. Yeah, voice. I know. And there are like, I think really good kind of like resources of like how to, how do you respond to someone who says, okay, yeah, like not, I'm not saying black lives don't matter, but all lives matter. And while those, those comments might be intent, like um, intended, like you know, to be inclusive. It it does kind of undermine, I guess, the the group of of people whose lives have not always mattered in this country, and that's evident by the the treatment, um, you know, by police and um, just through you know the systemic racism. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess, like for me, it's. I always think of, okay, well, for me personally, and this will be different. And I think, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of things I don't want to claim to know everything, obviously, or um, uh, there's a lot of resources right now in circulation and that you can find, I think, on, uh, as a white person, how you can be an effective ally. And I think being an effective ally, like for me personally, is, you know, someone who calls out or call okay firstly you're honest with yourself on you know what types because we all have existed in this society and this society is sorry like racist right um and so all of us have whether we Mm -hmm. like know it or not some underlying racial bias um so i think firstly to be an effective ally i think you first have to look inwards and say okay um, have those tough conversations maybe amongst um, like you and um, either other white friends or, you know, your, your partner, if they're white um, and like ask yourselves, okay, what, what bias do I have? Like, um, and maybe then challenge yourself first and think of like, okay, this is a bias I have. And why is that? And, you know, how like a- acknowledging it makes like, makes it easier than to then think of, okay, how can I change that? Um, so I think that's important. Um, I don't think those, like, I don't think those conversations should be had with your black friends because, you know, you, Carmen, probably don't want to sit and tell me, oh, you know, racist thoughts that you've had in your mind to, you know, me as a black person, you know, because then it can just get uncomfortable, I think, for everyone. And it's not about not being uncomfortable, but just being in the appropriate space, I think, to have those conversations. So one, like, kind of, internally thinking and challenging yourself and then also like challenging others like your friends like friends and families that maybe they say something as a joke that's racist and or maybe um you know you notice at work they're preferring um you as a white person over um 
you know, a black colleague um, and calling that and saying, you know, I think this, this person like deserves this opportunity too, or, you know, um, I don't know, just being aware of like that and calling it out. Um, There was this video. I don't know if you guys saw it of this girl that was having like a screaming match with her parents on like calling them, like calling them out on racism. And actually that, I, I didn't really think was a, an appropriate conversation because for me, if you are talking to someone who is racist and you are a black person, person of color or an ally, someone who's trying to be anti-racist and you're talking to someone who is racist, then you should come at that conversation with the purpose of being effective and the purpose of changing their mind, not just to get in a debate with them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I, I thought that, like so if you're going to engage in those types of conversations i think that's the mindset you should be coming at them with and you know um i don't know like that's the only way really you're you're going to change those people's minds and like you know um and constantly and how you can do that and say okay like so when they say oh you know like i don't know one of the comments some silly comment her dad made something about oh those people want to be you know i don't i can't remember what he said he kept saying those people, though. Um, and call- I think he referred to them as, like, filthy animals. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, these are people you're talking about. Anyway, so, like, you know, say, okay, why do you think that? Why is that? Yeah. Why? And then challenge them and say, why? And if, like, I, if they can actually say, because, like, you know, ultimately the, the answer is because they're racist and, like, acknowledging that. And it is, okay, is that okay? Like, that's not okay. Um, um, so, anyway, but, so I think challenging others um, and then also, like, doing your own research as an ally, learning about no one in, in um, at least when I was in school, like we didn't learn about systemic racism, you know, like we learn about slavery, you learn about, you know, the civil rights movement, but you don't un- like, you don't learn about, mm-hmm. you know, what happened after slavery. How did the, you know, how did the prison system come to be? And who was, you know, like that has been a, a big, like, you know something Mm -hmm. like i learned about yeah yeah and i i learned about it it's been a real hot button i follow um van jones and started following him back in like 2014 or 2012 um but he and that's one of his big issues is reforming um and you know trying to get rid of mass incarceration um and if you i don't know if you guys have watched the 13th documentary on netflix yeah, you guys should watch that. It's really, really I informative. It's really, it's very relevant, obviously. And it's just like, no, I heard kind of opens your eyes to, okay, well, yeah, race, uh, slavery didn't exist um, after the 13th Amendment. But there's been this, there's actually like a loophole in that amendment that created what, like, you know, modern day slavery through the prison system. So, um, and then also learning about the legislation and how that's kind of fed into it is that's fed into it as well. So it's just, I think understanding the context of why black communities are in the, the way in the shape they are today. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, and I think, you know, there's obviously like activist groups you can join. Um, and, but I think really like, Right now, obviously, this 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 is really um, you know trending on social media, and I hope that it's not just a trend. You know, for for people of color, black people, it's this is like everyday everyday life. It's reality, and so it it needs to go beyond this week yeah. or next week. Like, so I think as an ally, someone who wants to be anti racist, as you're going through and thinking about what can you do to be anti racist, think about how what steps you can take to make it just part of your lifestyle, you know? So it's not just doing one-off thing this, like this week, but what, what can you do to make it part of your lifestyle? And I think um, on your second question, can't, uh, Carmen, Oh my gosh. Did you hear what I almost just called you? Oh, oh it's been so long. Wow. So yeah, no, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah no i was gonna it's it's honestly this goes back to when we first met you would call me cameron yeah but it was like like 
genuinely it's didn't, funny, you thought you know, my I name was Cameron. I, I knew so, your name you know, was Cameron, but right, every time fine, it came in my mouth, it was Cameron. And I was just like, hey, Cameron. Like, it was just, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I caught myself, but then I acknowledged it. So, um, <laughs> it's okay. But, uh, it's not that bad. There's people around him now that do it. To be mean, at least yeah. you were doing. At this least was also like that. back when Jess and I first started like dating. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's okay, you know, I gotta be nice to the roommate. Yeah. And now, you know, just the maid of yeah. honor in our wedding, oh. no big deal. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so I think when it comes to kids, <laughs> oh, um, you know, when you're a parent, when like if I'm ever a parent someday, um, you know, I think um, again, like use those resources. Um, there's. I'm trying to find her on Instagram. There's this woman I found on Instagram who um, she's black. She has, um, she has a white partner, but I don't, uh, they have a child who's black and mixed, I guess. But he, she actually develops workbooks that help um, parents talk to their kids about racism. Hmm. So they have this anti-racism workbook for um, white families. They have um, anti-racism book for, um, people of color um so that would be like uh, you know people of color talking to their kids about racism but also then like white people and so l- leveraging those resources to frame those conversations because again like these are complex issues you know um and children aren't going to understand everything so it does need to be kind of like you know i think people need to put thought into how they're raising these with their with their children and with their friends so um, lots of resources. So one, like get, get some resources. Um, and then, yeah, have those conversations with your kids, um, to let them know, you know, the conversations that I will be having with my future children are going to be different from the ones that you, like you would have with your kids, obviously. Um, and then, um, right. yeah, I think, yeah, um, uh, yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> Um, I had actually, I did have another thought, but I can't remember at this moment. So no, that's great. And <laughs> yeah, if you remember it, just <laughs> interrupt us. I will say uh, before we we run out of time here, two things. Um, we are going to put, uh, if you don't mind, after we get off the yeah, phone, here, yeah. If you could send us yeah. the name of that TV show you used to watch as a kids with a kid with the fairy tales, um, and then also yeah. that Instagram. Uh, uh, influencers account we'll go ahead and put both of those in yeah, yeah. I'll send uh, a few the description here of the well podcast found, for resources but, for our yeah. listeners i did a, i have um, a question for you carmen like when you or, and you gabe yeah. um did you guys have conversations about racism with yeah, your parents you. in the household do you recall uh gabe you want to go first you want me to go first okay um and this is obviously interesting because uh, we're not in the same room me. so i can't just like look at gabe and we have this eye contact uh right now um, I could just usually look into his eyes and know exactly <laughs> what he's thinking. Um, so unfortunately, I mm-hmm. cannot look back on mm-hmm. specific conversations that my my parents would have conversations with me. Uh, I can tell you that my first, mm-hmm. I, like I can look back and very vividly remember the first time that I witnessed racism. Um, and unfortunately, I think that if, if I had different parents or if I was the mm-hmm. parent in the scenario, I think I would have taken that time to explain more of the situation. Uh, I don't think I got that, but the physical scenario was one of my best friends growing up. Um, Jeremy lived across the street from me and we were in a predominantly uh, white suburb of Chicago, but I lived on the border of a number of different areas. So while the neighborhood specifically that I lived in was predominantly mm. white, yeah. the high school that I went to, uh, I was, I was a minority as, as a white kid, yeah. um, which I'm very thankful for getting that diversity growing up now. Um, but the physical instance, uh, Jeremy and I were outside playing with his brother, Marcus, and I don't remember exactly what we were doing, but we were loud kids. We were probably, oh gosh, probably first, first grade, second grade, maybe. Um, and one of the neighbors, I won't use the name. Uh, he came mm. outside holding a baseball bat, yelling mm. the N-word, and told us both to shut the fuck up. And it it was mm. like that moment was the first time that I ever had heard that word. And 
I wish that I, you know, obviously you, yeah. no one wants to see that kind of instance, but I had mm. to then live next to that neighbor for the next <gasps> 10 <gasps> years of my life. Um, sounds like someone's home and our dogs are barking. Yeah. I hate um, <laughs> but that was the first time that I've experienced it. And I, I hope that when uh, the time comes, hey, who do we have here? Is that Kelki getting here? Kelki's here, yeah. Um, Our content manager. I hope that, <laughs> yes. I hope that when the first time that yeah. comes up, I as an adult am better handled to handle that with my kids. But um, mm. unfortunately, I can't, to answer your question, look yeah. back and think of yeah. a specific conversation that I had with my parents about racism. Um, so I'm I don't know. Kind of, mm. I'm kind of similar. I didn't, I had opportunities where I think yeah, could yeah. Talk to me a little bit. Like, I think I told you about my yearbook already. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they didn't really, they just got mad. They didn't teach me. <laughs> I just knew my parents were mad. And I was like, and I didn't know any better. I was kind of like you, where I was like, mm. uh, but my friends are just, we're just calling each other names, like the same way if I would just call them stupid, you know? Um, but yeah. I, my, but my parents didn't talk about anything. They didn't talk <laughs> about sex, they didn't talk about yeah. racism, didn't talk about how to do my taxes. I don't <laughs> know how to do anything. Um, so, yeah. I don't think it was just a conscious mm-hmm. effort that they avoided doing. It was just not something they did. But I, I think yeah, I definitely. made the decision prior to this. <laughs> my kids are yeah. gonna know all about. Yeah, sex. and I'm hoping that something that comes <laughs> out racism. of this, like um, you know, that awareness hopefully... that like kids do need to have those conversations yes, exactly. early, and that's how we're gonna eventually, hopefully, beat this thing called racism. You know, like um, it starts early, so. So I have, two qu- I have a question for, for both Go of for you it. guys. Oh. Okay. oh, I was going to say, I think that this, this would be a good kind of a last question to, to end on, but I wanted to get both of your guys' perspectives on it. Cause I think all three of us mm-hmm. can agree to what Kira, you had mentioned in the beginning that this time does feel different. Um, and if the voices of the country is so strong that it's mm-hmm. making, you know, the NFL release a statement about Kaepernick saying, Hey guys, we were wrong. Um, you know, not that they should have gotten wrong in the first place, but what what do you guys think is making this time different versus a couple years ago when um, I think it was, uh, mm. I can't remember yeah. the, the specific instance, but it was in yeah. Ferguson, Missouri, where the riots were started. Yeah. yeah, I think it was, I can't um, what the guy was saying. Yeah. 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 So that was that was probably what two or three yeah. years ago, and mm-hmm. and nothing it feels like has changed. Yeah. We're at this boiling point now, but but there is a different feel. Um, what do you guys think is is the difference here? Do you want to go first? And how can we capitalize? Or... I can. Okay. <laughs> I I I'll go first. Um, mm. I do. I'm personally the difference because I've never been vocal before. And I think a lot of that has to do with I mm. still have like those friends on Facebook and stuff, and I'm just like I don't want to like be a jerk on Facebook. Okay, yeah. um, well let's go ahead. We'll we'll figure out what's going on with with Gabe in a second yeah, here. But yeah. why don't why don't um, you go ahead and, and finish time, off your being different? I think we your, touched on it a little uh, bit in the beginning. You know, um, with the coronavirus pandemic, everyone is you know at home and. Um, on their phones and seeing this, like being, they cannot avoid ha- like this topic right now and this issue. Um, and so I think that's part of it. I think um, social media influence is a big part of it. I guess that was around as well in 2014, but I think people are just using it more and more as a platform um, now. Uh, and I think also like, I think the current president we have in the United States is a factor, you know, how just divisive he has been and, um, so I think that contributes to people just saying like enough is enough. Um, and yeah, I, I guess like uh, one, another thing I think as right. well is that, you know, in some of these cases that we've heard about, like Tamir Rice, um, the one you referred to in Ferguson, uh, with Michael, the shooting of Michael Brown, um, I think what was so, um, I guess, like about um, George Floyd's death is, yeah, you had a camera, um, a bystander, because this has happened so often, literally, Carmen, like, if you are a black male, and you're about to have an encounter with a police officer, you're probably going to get out your phone and record it. Because, you know, like, um, 
something's probably going to happen. Um, that's the assumption that, that you can <laughs> almost fairly make at this point. Um, and so, same with people by like standing by, which is what they did. You know, they're like, okay, well, right. Um, you know, they don't get ha- held accountable. Um, so let's, you know, have video evidence to hold, be able to hold them accountable. Um, and so, you know, this, this time, like you had a video on it, you could see for nine minutes, like, it's, it was, it's, I think it's just, you know, you see just how unacceptable the behavior is and the look on the officer's face of complete just contentment, like didn't even care. And the other surrounding officers not even intervening and yeah. people on the street screaming, like you don't have to be a medical professional to sh- see the distress that he was in. And, you know, so like, I think that was just really, um, yeah, I think that just hit a nerve with a lot of people, not just black people, but white people and people around the world. So, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think those are kind of like the big factors. And I really, really hope that, you know, out of this, we get more, um, you know, anti-racism going forward, but also like police reform and um, legislation that's going to change. And because uh, police officers aren't being held accountable for these deaths um and that's that's a problem you know um and again looking at the history of um policing in america and, and incarceration it's just it's part of it's part of the institution and that's the institution needs to change yeah i completely agree and uh we'll we'll <laughs> go ahead and have Gabe answer this okay. question at the end uh, when we're going through and editing all the podcasts at the end there. But um, I, I believe that um, <laughs> tomorrow your well, linear time does not exist in podcast world. So as of yep. us recording uh, tomorrow, yes, you're yeah. going so to we're d- doing a, a peaceful, a peaceful in protest in March um, in solidarity with the United States, as well as um, yeah. to, yep. you know, um, bring to light bring awareness to some of the racial issues in Bermuda as well yeah well we we Mm -hmm. both wish you uh safe travels and uh be safe with that Mm -hmm. and I I hope that the message I hope it's a successful uh peaceful protest for you guys um and hopefully we can get you back on to give us an update or to to keep a dialogue going yeah definitely that would be great yeah uh, again like I said I'm I'm always open to open dialogue I think these issues need to be talked about um and again, I'm not like an authority or like an activist, but you know, I'm I'm a person. I have I have opinions and and uh, perspective that I'm happy to share. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> again, thank you so much, Kira, for taking that time, almost an hour uh, spent with us to uh, answer some questions, uh, give a little bit of insight open up a dialogue and that's I think that was the biggest point that we were trying to do with with this podcast yeah it's just important that we that people are talking about it right now and that's that's the biggest thing I don't really think I have anything to add much to what Kira was saying as far as the question goes we talked about it a little bit prior to that too um so we appreciate everybody for listening and just not being racist yeah don't be racist don't be racist